Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Starting a little spin doctors. If you want to take my beer, cause you're a roadie. <laughs> That's just off the dome. That's the high water mark for the next four hours. It's Canty and Carlin on yeah, ESPN I- Radio. ESPN app. Sirius XM channel 80 or smart speaker, however you found us. Uh man, we're glad you did. Dude, I don't know how it is right now in Wisconsin. I'm kind of worried about you. Gabe Neitzel uh there in Milwaukee. He's from ESPN Milwaukee. Uh you can hear him in the mornings with Jen Latta and Mark Chamora and uh, you can find me in the mornings as well. I'm Randy Scott here, Sports Center AM over uh, on the TV side in Bristol, Connecticut. Dude, we've got a, kind of a Wisconsin feel right now. I mean, it's the temperature diving. I'm looking at this map of like just a purple United States. Are you guys uh, are you guys staying safe over there? What well, we're doing okay right now. I feel that by the time we get done with this show, uh, four hours from now, it's going to be a little bit worse on the way home. It's definitely snowing. Snowy's not sticking right now. But also, like, the bottom is falling out of the temperature, and it's going to be five below zero tomorrow here. So, Jeez. you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's part of the territory. We, we prepare for this, you know, yeah. just like everybody else. We, we prepare for it. We're ready. And, you know, we're just going to fail with the game plan tomorrow. I guarantee there's going to be a lot of people who completely forget how to drive in snow. So it's, it's going to be a little interesting tomorrow for sure. I think, we, I think you and I should probably – let's make this into a money-making opportunity. Let's put together, you know, Ooh. we'll put together a parlay somewhere, like a like – a, you know – yardage props, the whole thing, and we'll just go ahead and focus on tonight being an absolute mess on Thursday Night Football at MetLife. If it's as windy at MetLife tonight, we got two quarterbacks. We'll call them inconsistent at best, right? You know, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, maybe we'll just take some yardage unders, guys, and we'll just we'll all get rich. Maybe we won't be here tomorrow. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But he's Gabe Knight's I'm Randy Scott. Canton Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. And you can join us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN is the number, 888-729-3776. Want to start with the news that it, you can't really call it breaking news. You can call it sort of expected news. And it's the news out of Philadelphia that uh, it is an official out designation for Jalen Hurts uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And this one, the, the, the petty side of me, Gabe looks at this and says, okay, he's out with a shoulder injury. It's one of these, yeah, he could play if it were a playoff game. And when I say the petty side of me likes it, I feel like there's a little flick of the scab there at Cowboy fans, just a little bit. Like, this game is <laughs> as important for us as it is for you, Dallas. So we're not, hey, Philly wants to go in there and ruin it, right? They want Gardner Minshew, who's going to get the start, the man, the myth, the mustache, to you know ruin or further complicate the season here for the Dallas Cowboys. But it is just, you know, discretion being the better part of valor here. They're going to go ahead and rest, the uh, you know, MVP candidate to be sure. And now the question becomes, though, you know, what, is, what does Minshew have? Because we've seen him in a starting role, and, you know, it's for Jacksonville and, and not for Philadelphia. And, Gabe, you got to wonder just how, how much different, how much changes offensively with Minshew and with Hurts on the bench. Well, you got to feel that a lot of the read option stuff isn't necessarily out. You're just not going to see as much of it because Minshew isn't the athlete that, you know, Jalen Hurts is. And, and Jalen Hurts has killed a lot of teams with his legs this season. That's something I don't think you you see tonight. Um, so you have to rely, I think, on running the football with the weather the way it's going to be. And there are plenty of weapons around Minshew. Excuse me, not tonight, but uh, with Minshew. I was thinking yeah, of Jacksonville yeah. East, not with Jacksonville anymore, you know. 
that that's on the brain. But when they play this game against the Cowboys on over the weekend, like yeah, he's going to be able to throw the ball. They've got great weapons on the outside. They have you know weapons that are returning. So the, the game plan to me for the Eagles probably doesn't change a ton. You probably a lot of those read option stuff just becomes straight runs for Miles Sanders instead of you know maybe Jalen Hurts ends up keeping it. But this is the smart thing, right? It just it makes so much sense in the world. The best yeah. thing that could have happened to the Eagles was the Cowboys losing that game last week against Jacksonville because now now they have such a cushion in the division. They've got a a couple of game cushion for the number one overall seed in the NFC. They're just sitting on cruise control right now. Yeah, you know, don't lose out. But even if you do lose out, things could break your way and you could go ahead and have that one seed and have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs and the bye and the whole thing uh, that that comes with it. For some insight into, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew being at practice and getting QB1 reps, Let's hear from tight end one, Dallas Goddard, who figures to be back in the lineup this week uh, for the Eagles as well. So that's okay. You know, how good is Gardner Minshew has the benefit or maybe (laughs) honestly gave me, he might shake his head at, at us calling it that, but he has the challenge, we'll say, of going against one of the best defenses in the NFC. At practice, you know this is this this is where he's he's sort of sharpening his teeth here for this opportunity. He's not going to supplant Jalen Hurts, no, but I think he can better than tread water. I mean, he's proven that he can win games at the NFL level, even if his starting record, you know, his his win loss record as a starting quarterback is eight and fourteen. But the stats are good. You know, forty one touchdowns, twelve interceptions yeah. over the course of thirty games played. Minshew had. A, a, enough success in Jacksonville. It was a legitimate conversation at the beginning of the season last year when he came into Philadelphia. Like, well, I guess the Jalen Hurts experiment is over. Gardner Minshew is just going to go and win that job. That's how much success he's had previously. Mm-hmm. To me, the Eagles are in a great spot with their backup quarterback to have somebody who's A, this young, and B, still has this much starting experience and somebody that I, I think most people are like, yeah, would it shock you if, if Gardner Minshew went out there threw a couple of touchdowns to A.J. Brown, sprinkled one in there to Devontae Smith, and they somehow pulled off a win. I don't think that would shock anybody because of some of the things that Minshew's already done in his short career. That's a tremendous point. Keep this in mind. You know, he's won eight games. The the, the touch, touchdown interception splits that you mentioned are tremendous. He's won eight games, and he's done so without the caliber of defense that the Eagles have here and without the caliber of wide receivers that the Eagles have here. This is the most talented offensive group that he's had at the skill positions. You know, I'm not trying to slight the guys that he played with in, in Jacksonville, but you're just kind of pointing out pointing out the obvious that you step up a weight class if Devontae Smith is your number two receiver and A.J. Brown's your number one. What about this question, though? Regardless of how Gardner Minshew looks, what if they decide to rest Jalen Hurts? We don't know how bad the shoulder injury is. Obviously bad enough for him to miss this week. But what if the shoulder sprain is to the point where they decide, listen, we're going to rest Jalen until the postseason. We're going to rest him until the divisional round. We have such the, the cushion, Gabe, that you said that we, we know we have the one seed. We know we have the bye. Let's rest that shoulder as much as possible and trust him to come back and just jump on board this moving treadmill of our offense and run us as far as as far as he can take us in the postseason. That, to me, is where the real rest versus rust argument comes into play. I'm not sure which side I'm on. I, if it is that bad, like if it's a legitimate injury and, you know, it is that bad and he has to rest, then then you just have to rest him because what you do offensively so much depends upon Jalen Hurts in terms of being a special team, a team that can make a run to the Super Bowl this year. But if it's kind of the way it was 
at least thrown out there and perceived by Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff where, well, we don't know if he's going to play. He looked pretty good in practice, as they were saying earlier this week. If there's a chance that he can play, I think you have to play him. Athletes are creatures of habit. And when they go that long without playing in a game, I would not want to take the risk that he is going to be rusty in a divisional round game. And all of a sudden I have to play catch up because we played a bad first quarter because my quarterback hadn't played in over a month. Yeah, you know, he is, to me, he's taken tremendous strides, just tremendous strides this season. Like what you mentioned about Gardner Minshew and there actually being somewhat of a conversation of, all right, listen, you know, Hertz has gone kind of a short, a short leash here. Like maybe he, if Hertz struggles and the experiment's over, we can turn to Minshew because we know we have talent at, at other positions. We have a the playoff caliber defense, whatever it is. Hertz has put all that to bed. Like he, before this injury, really was the MVP front runner in the eyes of many might still be that. I think I think him not playing this week and perhaps beyond, I think that loses him the award. And I'm not saying that that's how I would vote if given that opportunity. I'm saying that's how people are going to vote. They're going to watch Patrick Mahomes for at least two more games. He might rest against the Raiders in week 18. But they're going to watch Mahomes. They're going to watch him ball out because the schedule is more favorable and they're going to forget about Jalen. It really is an out-of-sight, out-of-mind award down the stretch when it's close. And I do think um, it is close. But I just I, I trust him to have a command of the offense. I just don't know that the offense is, is going to maintain its consistency with regard to the RPO, with regard to the run game, regard to whatever he brings ground-wise that Minshew can't. Um, that I, I could I could see there being some rust. And what if you get... What if you get a, a a team that absolutely you know rolls in the wild card round and they're hot going into the divisional round? You catch them on a buzzsaw while you, like you say, sputter a little bit in the first quarter and and then suddenly it gets away from you. Uh, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Randy Scott. Be a part of the Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> that was Mike Tannenbaum. He's our ESPN front office insider here at ESPN as we look ahead to Thursday night football, the Jets and the Jaguars from from soggy and, and, and windy and rainy MetLife Stadium. And the sort of inside joke on the Sports Center side Gabe with um Tannenbaum is two seasons ago he predicted that the Jaguars were going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Um and that put them in position they had such a horrible season that it put them in position to draft Trevor Lawrence. And that was it. So maybe it was three seasons ago. It was it was the season where Nick Foles came into week one as the starting quarterback and then, you know, got hurt in week one. So we never yeah. let him forget about it, man. When somebody has a take like that, we don't need freezing cold takes online. Like we're human cold take reminders. Um, so he's, he's been in love with these Jaguars. Now that having been said, Jags are playing some good football and Gabe, listen, so, you know, put your money where the mouth is here. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook has the Jaguars now as the favorites to win the AFC South in like, it's not close with Tennessee after the news of Ryan Tannehill's injury. Uh, Jacksonville's minus 160 to win that division. So tonight, I mean, tonight's an opportunity as much for um, as much for Jacksonville as it is for the Jets. Absolutely. This is a huge game for both these teams trying to figure out a path to the playoffs. For the Jets, it's going to be a wild card. For the Jags, it's trying to chase down those Tennessee Titans. And it kind of seems like Jacksonville does need to win out. It kind of seems like 9-8 and eight would be the record in order for it to happen. And if they win out, because they still have that game against the Titans, they would end up getting that tiebreaker over Tennessee. 
I'm curious to see how Trevor Lawrence reacts to the conditions. Not to say he's going to play poorly, but he's been lighting it up. It, last six games, they're 4-2. Mm-hmm. and two. He's got 14 touchdowns, one interception. He's doing all these great things, and it was a heck of a lot of fun to watch him against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the best defenses in the league last week. But now with potential wind, potential wet, I'm curious to see what Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence end up doing with this offense against another very talented defense. This seems like it could be a slugfest, and I'm curious if Jacksonville can play that style of football. The wind and the wet, that is a tremendous point about Trevor Lawrence. You don't have to go back that far. You go back to actually probably the last point of this season where Jacksonville was playing consistent, good winning mistake free football and it was going into Philadelphia back in week four in October and it was windy and it was rainy even even so it wasn't as windy or rainy as we're going to see tonight but it was windy and it was rainy and Lawrence put the ball on the ground you know unbothered you know like ball just slipping out of his hands he put the ball on the ground four times and he threw a pick so if that is any indicator for tonight we could expect to see some sudden change maybe short fields things like that uh, you got to think that they've been working on it, wet ball drills this week. This weather's not sneaking up on anybody. And you got to think that he's looked at some of that film or they've identified some way for him to improve his ball security because that would ruin things, clearly ruin things tonight. There's an interesting note on the Jets side of things. They're going to roll, obviously, with Zach Wilson. We'll get to him in a minute. But Sauce Gardner is the prohibitive favorite to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Garrett Wilson is a strong favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And there have only been two teams to have an Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year in the same season. Uh, one was the 1967 Lions before both of our times. One was the 2018 Saints. I've completely forgotten about that. And there could have been some team fight here on the, amongst the Jets, some infighting about that Offensive Rookie of the Year because Brees Hall had that thing kind of locked up uh, right before his injury in week seven. So there's plenty on the line uh, for, for the Jets as well. Just there's plenty of reason, maybe not online, reason to believe that this team truly just needs God, subpar quarterback play from Zach Wilson. Not even, you know, like not even not even average, just just slightly below average. You just can't have this this just tanking, you know, skipping passes to the flat type of Zach Wilson performance that we've seen the last two times he's gotten a start. Or just lollipop turnovers. The interception that he threw last week was just, he kind of just lobbed it toward the sideline going, please, safety, come over, intercept this. It's it's so yeah. easy. Just go yeah. and grab it. And it, it, like, what kind of decision was that? That The decision-making has been suspect from him. And you kind of see this talent that they have offensively. You've seen it all year what they have defensively. But with what Mike White was able to do in the short time when he was the starter before the rib injuries that he suffered and have now kept him out for the last two weeks, you saw the potential that they had an offense being able to move the ball up and down the field. So they certainly have that potential, and that's the question, where this Jets defense is really good, and the wind yeah. and rain are certainly going to play a factor tonight, but can, can Zach Wilson capitalize on that tonight? He's got the better defense. He's got the advantage of weather that could potentially slow down what's been an explosive offense the last couple of weeks for the Jaguars. So can he now actually take advantage of it himself and get this Jets team back on track? Because when you take a look at the rest of their schedule, they have the Jags tonight, then they are at the Seahawks and at the Dolphins. Those are not easy games either. If you falter tonight, it kind of feels like it's over for the Jets and they're not going to be able to put it together to get that playoff run that they were hoping for just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's getting late early it really is for the Jets and you gotta I mean gosh if you're a Jets fan you just want 
Mike White to hurry up and heal up and get those ribs right. And matter of fact, if you're a, if you're a Jet yourself, they seem to r- really love him and rally around him in a way that you know Zach Wilson hasn't been able to uh, to command that locker room or command that same reaction. I think tonight we were talking about this earlier, um, Jason Fitz and I on on Greeny's show. Uh, it tonight could truly be an impressionist painting. You're gonna see depending on which side of this Zach Wilson. Uh, argument you come down on you're going to see what you want to see you're either going to see a quarterback that plays well and you're going to say hey that's all we need it was inclement weather and he's still balled out and this is still his team and he's still the number two overall pick and draft capital that you invested in and everything else or you're going to look at it and say no he didn't play well and you're going to disregard the monsoon and disregard the 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 quick you know turnaround from last week like whichever side you're on you're going to get enough ammunition for your argument to further your case and just dig in your your heels even more. I just, regardless of the result tonight, I, I, I truly don't envy Robert Sala in that coaching staff, let alone the front office, because you're just not going to get a definitive answer on whether Zach Wilson is your guy moving forward tonight. And you're running out of time to he, get it. He, you are. And to me, and again, it's not about evaluating him and go, oh, does he go out there and throw for 300 yards again tonight? No, it's about his decision-making. We, we use the term game manager so much, and it gets a negative connotation. But when you're facing potential conditions like you are tonight, you have to manage the game. And to me, if he goes out there and manages the game successfully, avoids turnovers, avoids those sloppy passes, is able to engineer the offense to a couple of good drives and, and come out with the victory, to me, that's a step forward for him. It's not going out there throwing for 350. It's about... Are you making the right decisions given what the weather could potentially do to your offense tonight? No, you're right. You want to see you, you want to see good mental, like you said, good decision making. You want to see getting rid of the ball quickly, and also not, don't be afraid to take a sack. Don't don't force the ball into double coverage. Just you know, live to live to fight another down, and that's coming for. Listen, I, I've watched some <laughs> some Mike White games uh, this month, and man, does he take some risks? But I don't know. <laughs> uh, they, they they bear out consistently enough to where uh, you got to think maybe they're not. Not flukes at all. Uh, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It's brought to you by CSX. Earn great pay and benefits at CSX. CSX.com slash careers. That's CSX.com slash careers. The Jets' playoff hopes could come to a halt tonight. What other playoff hopes and hopefuls might see their playoffs dashed? It's Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott, in for the guys. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN app. Yeah, freezing, freezing. Yeah, that works. Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speaker, however you found us, we're glad you did on this frosty, frigid Thursday in the NFL season. A couple days shy of uh, of the Christmas holiday and just travel looks like a nightmare. I forget, are there a lot of flights in and out of Chicago O'Hare? I can't remember. There were reporters there. We could probably ask them. He's Gabe Neitzel, uh, about an hour and a half north of Chicago there in, in Milwaukee. I'm Randy Scott. Uh, the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 Three seven seven six. We're presented. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, the call in line. Let's fire that up. Let's fire that up. And Gabe, in 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 order to solicit these phone calls, we got to give we got to chum the waters here. So this one should do it. What playoff contenders? What playoff caliber teams are on upset alert this weekend? I'm going to throw out the slate of teams that are either in the playoffs right now if the season ended, or you know fighting for for a spot. All right, Dolphins are laying four at home against the Packers. Vikings laying four at home against the Giants. Uh, Lions are on the road laying two and a half against the uh, against the Panthers. Uh, Titans are at home there in Nashville. They're laying four and a half against the Texans. Bills laying nine in Chicago. Ravens laying seven and a half at home against Atlanta. Uh, Cincinnati is, uh, is given three in New England. And the Cowboys are laying the six right now. It's down to six uh, against the Eagles there in uh jerry's world so if you had to pick one of those or two of those contenders gabe uh who is on upset alert this weekend so i want to say the lions but i don't know if that's my packers fandom coming through and just rooting against the lions since the packers for the first time that i can remember are trying to chase down the lions to get past them to potentially get a playoff spot so i'm a packers (laughs) fan and I, i don't want to you know necessarily be biased there uh, even though the Lions on the road, their offense near, hasn't been nearly as good as it has been inside of four fields. So I'm going to say the Titans. I think the Titans without Ryan Tannehill, and I know that Malik Willis has had to start and has actually started and beaten the Texans already once this season. But the Titans just feel like a team that's reeling. Their defense hasn't been playing as well. They're on a four-game losing streak. And the Texans have just absolutely put the fear in a couple of teams the last two weeks Almost beat the Cowboys two weeks ago. Almost beat Kansas City. Had to take that game to overtime before the Chiefs finally beat them this past week. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Titans just because it doesn't seem like they are trending in a very good direction. I uh, I like that one. I think the Malik Willis ascension to that starting role. Like it just who knows, you know what uh, opposing. De- I mean the Houston Texans defense, like you said, put the fear of God into people. They played some better offenses. Tough. So you got to think they're going to pose a challenge to Malik Willis. I remember the start at Arrowhead, and it really seemed like Kansas City had not faced an RPO before. I mean, they, they, 
you you have to believe that Lovey Smith is going <laughs> to drill into these Texans uh, what they could be facing for about I don't know forty snaps potentially um, on Sunday. I wanted to say Lions. I did want to say Lions because I I like okay. what Carolina does defensively. And I, let's be honest, the, the Jared Goff e- e- experience, which has been fascinating this season, been a lot of fun to watch, especially if you have him on you know, your fantasy team. But when you watch him on the road, it's a different offense. It's just a lower ceiling. They're split scoring-wise, efficiency-wise, yardage-wise. Everything is drastically lower away from Ford Field. I, I wanted to say that. I'm going to say the Cowboys. I'm going to say the Cowboys because this Cowboys team has been generous slash lazy with the football. The careless, rather. Careless is a better way to put it. Careless with the football lately. You, you lose the way they did last week. I'm fascinated to see what that first quarter looks like. If Dallas doesn't win the first half against Philadelphia, it's it's over. They're, they They are leaking confidence coming into this one. This is a perfect spot for Philadelphia because all the pressure's on Dallas. It's a lose-lose game. Either you win and, yeah, you were supposed to win. You beat Gardner Minshew. You still can't beat Jalen Hurts. Or you lose and, oh, my God, the sky is falling. You just lost to Gardner Minshew. You didn't even lose to this team with its starting quarterback. So all the pressure's on Dallas. Dak Prescott has been turning the football over at an alarming rate. Since he came back in Week 7, he has 10 interceptions. That is, you want to say it leads the NFL, you want to say it's worst in the NFL. Either way, you get the point. He also has four straight games with a pick. That's tied for the second longest streak of his career. And when you ask him about it, as the Dallas media has, he says, I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. What? I, I can't change the way I'm, I'm, I'm playing the game? No, something needs to change. <laughs> this You can chalk a couple of these games up to like you know tips and overthrows, but at a certain point, 10 of them since week seven, that's on the quarterback. That's a lot. Especially in today's NFL, like 1990s football, that probably doesn't feel like it's as much because guys were a little more careless with the football back then and interceptions were a thing. Like when Brett Favre threw 13 picks, it was like, oh, that was a pretty good year for him. 13 picks now, you're going, what the hell is that quarterback doing? So this is a, this is a fascinating thing for me, looking at this game for the Cowboys, because when you start playing it out down the road, they, they have to win this game because even if they can't beat Garner Minshew, there's a good chance that as the top wild card seed as they are right now, let's say they go into Tampa Bay and beat a bad Buccaneers team in the wild card round. Well, guess who's up next? Since you <laughs> would likely be then the lowest seeded team remaining in the NFC. Yep. You'd have to travel to Philly to take on the Eagles, and I can't imagine you're going to be brimming with confidence if you lose to their backup quarterback when their starting quarterback would then be available in the divisional round. And Oh, by the way, the guy's probably the league MVP this year. So this is a huge one for the Cowboys. But you're right. It seems like a lose-lose. They're favored by six. So if they win, they're supposed to win. And if they lose, it kind of feels like it almost torpedoes what they felt could have been a a deep playoff run. And it's crazy to say that with two weeks left in the regular season. There was always going to be, and it's a tremendous point about the playoff seeding, there was always going to be a level of unfairness to it because, you know, someone from the NFC South, first of all, could win that division with seven or eight wins. But someone from the NFC South is going to host a playoff game. In, in the opening weekend, in the wild card weekend. And that's it's wildly unfair because the wild card is going to be a double-digit winner here, most likely in Dallas. And, uh, it, you know, you, you, you look at how Dallas's game has changed over the last three to four weeks of the season. And let's let's put some focus on the defensive end. I, we, we, we can hang it on number four here for a little bit, but defensively they are not stopping the run the way that they did while Cooper Rush was the starting quarterback. And that was part of what helped Cooper Rush, 
you know, win win the games and get credit for the wins that he did. But this Dallas rush defense has been bendable, pliable. You've been able to gut them up the middle in ways that you weren't able to do in the first half of the season. That's where Philadelphia lives, especially without Jalen Hurts. The stuff on the edges, quite frankly, Garner Minshew can't do that. So they are going to attack you up the middle, and they have the backs to do it. Gain, they have you know Kenneth Gainwell, but obviously Miles Sanders. They're going to shorten this game. Dallas is not going to have the number, uh, the sheer volume of offensive possessions against Philadelphia that they've had against other opponents this season. And if Philadelphia is able to trade, you know, touchdowns for field goals or field goals for interceptions, if Dak keeps it up, this is going to be a quick game. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and Dallas is going to be looking up with its back on the mat, wondering what the hell happened. Just shows how how fast life can come at you in the NFL. It wasn't that long ago where they went into a one loss Minnesota team up there in the Twin Cities oh, yeah. and just pasted them, forty to three. Like offense looked great, defense holds an explosive Vikings offense at home to just three points. Mm-hmm. And okay, it looks like the defense is kind of back on track there. And just slowly but surely, since then, it's all kind of gotten away from them. It's. It's shocking how how quickly that is the the narrative around the Cowboys has yeah. kind of tracked this season. I you know it's fine. I'm glad you mentioned Minnesota. I think we've learned a little bit about Minnesota that maybe tells us that that win at the, that seemed so impressive at the time. Don't get me wrong, forty to three is impressive, but but maybe not as much so now that Minnesota's sort of been put under the microscope and exposed a little bit for what they are. I would have I you know what if I, I feel pretty comfortable saying the Giants are going to cover that that four number against Minnesota. I. I think that was a shot in the arm last week for the Giants to, to, to beat Washington the way they did. And Minnesota, if, if they cannot play around with the Giants the way they did with the Colts. If, if the Giants get a, a double-digit lead, they're not giving it up. Uh, they're not spitting the bit uh, the way the, the, the Colts did a, a week ago. And um, I don't know, the, Gi- the Vikings very much, very much on, on upset alert, in my opinion, as well. Listen, you tell us. Okay, you tell us. It's Gabe Neitzel, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. You tell us which playoff favorite is on upset alert this week. And I'm going to give out the call in line one more time. Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, wait until you hear what one of our colleagues said about Tom Brady. That's news to me. So we know how we feel about Tom Brady on this program. That's next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Carlin, 
ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80. Your smart speaker, Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee. You can hear him in the mornings with Jen Latta and Mark Chamora. And man, I went to college with people who are very jealous of your proximity to uh, to Mark Chamora, man. I tell you what, I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, the veteran quarterback discussion is an interesting one for next season. Is We're sort of circling the drain here uh, with this NFL regular season, three weeks to go. And guys like Matt Stafford are going to be watching the playoffs along with the rest of us. I know the Packers are still mathematically alive. I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to kill them before they're they're ready to go here, but like you could say that it's been a down year for Aaron Rodgers. Can, Gabe, is that fair? Go ahead and kill him off if you want to. If you if you want to say the Packers season's <laughs> over, you can basically say that. That's it's perfectly fine. But this has been the year. That, I don't know, man. Maybe our own. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of my own football fandom mortality here because guys like Stafford, Rodgers, Brady, Russell Wilson, uh, Matt Ryan. I mean, even Derek Carr. I can we can just make this equal time as a Raider fan. But there have been veteran quarterbacks that have really struggled this season. And for Brady in particular, who turns 46 uh, in 2023, you know, there are questions about whether it's not just about having a rebound season, but just riding off into the sunset and being done with it. Jeff Darlington was on this very show yesterday, and the question was, what veteran quarterback do you expect to have a bounce back next season? Here's Darlington's answer. Okay, this is a guy. Matt Ryan hears that lament who are Matt Ryan's offensive weapons outside of Jonathan Taylor, who wasn't healthy most of this season? I yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it's not Godwin. It's not Mike Evans. Yeah, no. I, the the problem when I look at Brady, it just seems like he's a little jumpy in the pocket. The, the last interception he threw is because he was getting hit from the front. Like Brady, as he gets older, the one thing. That has, I mean, and the dude didn't have a ton of athleticism to lose. But as you get older, 45, 46 next year, that athleticism just isn't there. He can still maneuver within the pocket. But to me, if Brady plays next year, it has to be with an offensive line that you feel really good about being able to protect him. That's that's what I think. Yeah. I think if he's going to play and he's going to be the bounce back guy, he's got to have a really good offensive line in front of him. The rest, I still think he can figure out, but that's the most important thing for him. We've seen him at a younger age be able to be competitive, successful, productive with lesser talent. He needs better talent at this stage of his career, but he needs time to find him. That's a tremendous point about the offensive line. In your opinion, Gabe, going through that list, you could put Rodgers on there. Just these, these veteran quarterbacks who really had down seasons this year. Who do you think has the best chance to bounce back? I think Aaron Rodgers does have a really good chance to bounce back next year. He's going to have another year in, in training camp to go through with the young receiving core that he has. The offensive line, I think, is going to be healthier than it has been this year. It'll be interesting to see what the Packers decide to do with Aaron Jones, if they're going to extend him because they need to reduce a salary cap hit for next year. I think it's got to be Aaron Rodgers because even if he comes back, there's going to be a lot of talk of, oh, should probably give up on Aaron Rodgers, should probably doubt Aaron Rodgers the way it was back in 2019 going into the 2020 season when then the Packers decided to draft Jordan Love. And it seems like Rodgers is one of those guys, whether he wants to admit it or not, when there's that chatter out there that maybe he's done or maybe he's not as good as everyone thinks he once, you know, he's still as good as he once was, that's when he comes to play. That's when he goes back-to-back MVP. So I think some of that negative chatter is only going to fuel Aaron Rodgers as he continues to feed off of that perception. Gabe, does he love it as much, though? Does he love 
all of it, not just not the game. I think if you crystallize the game for a lot of these guys, they would they would still, you know, you'd have to pry them off the field. I think they'd still love it. But the the I don't know the headache that comes with it. Some of it self imposed. Like, did, does he love it as much as he once did? That's a great question. I I can't imagine the answer to that is yes. Because as you get, in, once you get to the age that Brady is, or once you get to that age that Rodgers is, those guys that are your pals, yeah. they're just not there anymore. You know, th- there's yeah. just such a disconnect when you've got guys coming to the league that, oh man, I loved growing up and watching you play. Like, there's just going to be a, dis- a natural disconnect there that to me probably makes it a little less fun because you're not with your buddies the way it was back in 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. 2013. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When you bounce back from all of it, physically, psychologically, mentally, all of it, uh, a lot quicker, right? You're a lot more elastic when you were when you were younger. Speaking of being a young quarterback, has Zach Wilson failed the Jets or have the Jets failed Zach Wilson? Dave Knight's already Scott for the guys. Canteen Carlin, it's next. He's been great. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.